0: The Window on the World, an international press review by the European Democratic Party, bringing you weekly news and commentaries that matter. Hello again, and welcome to the 19th episode of The Window on the World. Today is Friday 15th of July, and in this podcast you will find out more about the latest updates on the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, the disruption of Russian gas supplies through the main European gas pipeline, the outcome of the Eurogroup meeting, and the Uber Files investigation. And as always, we will present you with the best editorials and opinion pieces on the resignation of British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and the revelations of the Uber Files report. And now, let's dive right into the most important news of the week. Once again, today's first update concerns the war between Russia and Ukraine. Yesterday morning, Russian missiles struck civilian buildings and a cultural center in the city of Vinnytsia, central Ukraine, killing at least 12 people and injuring up to 50. In addition to the casualties, the number of refugees unfortunately continues to rise. According to data provided by the UNHCR, More than 5.6 million people are said to have taken refuge in other European countries. As we know, Russia's invasion of Ukraine is also affecting Europe's energy supply. At the beginning of the week, the main gas pipeline from Russia to Europe Nord Stream was shut down. The service interruption, according to Gazprom, was due to maintenance work. Analysts and European Union's officials, however, fear that Russia, which has already cut off our limited gas supplies to 12 EU countries, may decide not to reactivate the pipeline once maintenance is completed. The news has caused particular concern in Germany as about 35% of gas that the Central European country imports from Russia traveled through Nord Stream. Let's drop the issues surrounding the war in Ukraine and turn to the European meetings that took place this week. Also at the beginning of the week, a summit of the finance ministers of the Eurozone countries was held. Despite several attempts, the ministers could not agree on who will be the new head of the ESM, the European Stability Mechanism. The possible decision has now been postponed to a meeting in September. The ESM's goal is to safeguard the financial stability of Eurozone countries by providing them with loans should they request them when in economic distress. Still on the subject of the Eurozone in the same days, ECOFIN, the Economic and Financial Affairs Council, made official the entry of Croatia into the euro, which will take place on January 1, 2023. We changed the subject completely with the next update to talk about the Files Journalistic Investigation. The Files investigation is a global journalistic investigation based on a series of 124,000 documents provided to The Guardian and other newspapers, such as Le Monde. The documents were handed to the newspapers by Mark McGann, Uber's former chief lobbyist in Europe, the Middle East and Africa, from 2014 to 2016. Among the documents provided, there were emails, memos, presentations, invoices and conversations on messaging apps such as WhatsApp. These were exchanged between senior company executives, including former CEO Travis Kalanick. The leaked documents cover 40 countries around the world and are related to the period between 2013 and 2017, when Uber decided to expand its operations to much of the world. The investigation revealed how the company broke the law, deceived police and regulators, used violence against some drivers and secretly lobbied governments around the world. The purpose was to influence legislative activity in the countries concerned, so that more favorable laws would be adopted to benefit the digital giant. In response to the investigation, Uber acknowledged past failings. Uber also maintained that the company has transformed since 2017 when Kalanick was replaced by the current CEO, Dara Khosrowshahi. We do not have and do not seek excuses for past behaviors That are clearly not in line with our current values. Instead, we ask the public to judge us based on what we have done over the past five years and what we will do in the years to come, said a company spokesperson. Today's latest update takes us out of Europe and eastward on the island of Sri Lanka. For days, there have been massive protests in the country's capital, Colombo. What the protesters are calling for is a resignation of the current president, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, who has been accused of corruption and war crimes dating back to when he was among the leaders of the armed forces during the Civil War, which lasted from 1983 to 2009. Under the country's law, however, the president enjoys immunity as long as he is in office. Rajapaksa has been at the helm of Sri Lanka since late 2019 and is held responsible for leading Sri Lanka into its worst economic crisis since independence in 1948. The crisis has caused severe shortages of fuel, food and medicine. The protests reached their peak when the presidential and prime minister's palaces were occupied earlier in the week. The occupation was short-lived. However, protests soon left the buildings peacefully. Following the occupation, Rajapaksa fled the country and is reportedly on his way to Saudi Arabia. Today's first editorial deals with the resignation of British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and its political consequences for the country. Let's start by hearing an opinion piece on the matter published in the Italian newspaper For columnist Wolfgang Munchau, the real cause of Johnson's resignation is the mismanagement of Brexit. Indeed, according to the columnist, Johnson's name is inextricably tied to Brexit, as he was the one who signed the deal to leave the union. But more than just the signing itself, the most challenging part is to properly manage and make it so that the consequences of Brexit are actually positive for the UK, but so far, the only consequences have been negative. Boris Johnson has completed the first phase that has shown no interest in the next one. Muncho argues, Brexit, maintains the editorialist, becomes understandable within a precise frame of reference. The tradition of the British political class determined to do anything to safeguard its privileged position. The elite has thus pushed the UK out of the EU without offering any guarantee of success for the future. But after this latest shakeup, Muncho writes, I am convinced that the time has come to sow the seeds of a Brexit reversal. We remain in Southern Europe with the next editorial, but we move to Spain to the newspaper El Pais. Boris Johnson's legacy is a self-explanatory headline chosen by the Iberian newspaper's editorial board. For the Spanish columnist, Brexit is the legacy Johnson seems most proud of, but it may turn out to be the most toxic. Because of leaving the EU, in fact, the UK now has the highest inflation rate among the G7 countries. Moreover, the now former prime minister's decision to unilaterally roll back on the Northern Ireland Protocol has seriously soured relations with the EU. Johnson further lost credibility with the poor handling of the COVID-19 outbreak and the Downing Street Party scandals during the lockdown. The latter in particular showed the country that Johnson was convinced that there was one set of rules for everyone else and another one for himself. With the healthcare emergency first and the economic emergency later, the journalists state, it was finally clear that the emperor was naked. Now that Johnson has resigned, the paper's editorial board concludes, it is time for the UK to regain its maturity and its international standing. Instead, the last editorial on the subject takes us to Belgium onto La Libre newspaper. For Olivier Lebussy, the Conservative Party is the prime responsible for the chaos that the UK finds itself in. Labusi traces the beginning of the chaotic British political situation to May 2015 and the re-election of conservative David Cameron, who promised, Stability and a strong government with me, or chaos with the Labour Party. The rest is history, states the Belgian journalist. After losing the Brexit referendum, Cameron was followed, first by Theresa May and then Johnson. The latter in particular, once he became Prime Minister, made a compromise with Europe, accepting what he rejected just the day before, when he opposed May for not being hardline enough. For the columnist, integrity and honesty are foreign concepts to Johnson. His self-interest is his only compass. The consequence of Johnson's premiership is that the Conservative Party is now dominated by a fringe blinded by a dull and vindictive nationalism. And it is these MPs, that the next Prime Minister will have to win over. In conclusion, Laboussi believes that it is the Conservative Party that is the source of the chaos that Cameron warned against. Let's change the subject completely for the second series of today's opinion pieces and turn to the issue raised by the Uber Files investigation we talked about earlier. Let us start with the very newspaper that published the inquiry, namely The British, The Guardian. For Vicky Kahn, campaigner for the Corporate Europe Observatory, a Brussels-based NGO that monitors lobbying activities, lobbying needs to be more transparent. At the European level, the activist explains, Uber has had 70 meetings with the highest levels of the European Commission, including 24 with commissioners since the end of November 2014. And these are just the meetings that we know of. Kahn continues, According to The Activist, we need to start a European debate on the power that corporations wield over our political debate. Without this, The Activist concludes, we have no hope of addressing the climate emergency, the cost of living crisis or the power of Big tech. The next opinion piece takes us back to continental Europe and more specifically to the German newspaper Süddeutsche Zeitung. According to journalist Ralph Wiegand, new digital companies have also adopted often opaque lobbying practices. Lobbying is not in itself a bad thing, the editorial explains. It can certainly make sense for those interest groups whose action is affected by new laws, Wiegand argues, and thus contribute with their expertise. But the problem arises, the journalist states, when you don't know exactly who talked to whom and when. Moreover, too often it is not known who invested how much money and for what purpose. The German government recently approved an online lobbying registry after years of debate which lists the names of lobbyists. The current government would like to make this register more accurate and for laws to have a footprint that clearly shows which interest groups have worked on them. In conclusion, however, Wiegand says, there is still much to be done in this regard. Today's latest editorial takes us across the German border into the French Hexagon and onto Le Figaro newspaper. For Bertil Bayard, it is no surprise that the current French president, Macron, met with Uber lobbyists when Macron was minister of the economy between 2014 and 2016. Indeed, Macron at the time openly claimed the goal of unlocking the French economy and had made this ambition the subject of the 2015 law that bears his name. As much as the lobbying practice of Uber's then-CEO, Travis Kalanick, was deplorable, this does not detract from the fact that it is normal for MPs and members of the government to meet with representatives of companies and interest groups. What emerged from the Uberfaz investigation is already being taken advantage of by Macron's opponents, such as the NUPES coalition and the Rassemblement National, with statements aimed at discrediting the new government. A demonstration of irresponsibility, Béa concludes since in this way they undermine what little trust the French still have in the political class. We are at the end of the 19th episode of the podcast The Window on the World. Today is the last episode of the first season of this podcast. We thank you for following us so far and we look forward to seeing you in the second season at the end of August. Research and writing for this episode was done by Daniel Ruzza. And behind the mic, it's me, your host, Gail Rago. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, have a great vacation season and goodbye.